Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Happy Hamster Corner, a podcast about cute, adorable animals, as well as featured stories, collaborations, hamster tips, and so much more. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm super excited for you all to be listening. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. I hope you guys are doing awesome out there in the hamster community. As always, I'm your host, Holly, and this is the podcast for all the hamster lovers out there. If you have a hamster or you're thinking about having a hamster or you are just interested in hamsters, this podcast is for you. And on today's episode, I have on my very first ethical breeder. They are from Sweden, and the name of the breedery is Cosmonontens Hamstery. I am so sorry if I butchered that again. (laughs) But yeah, I'm super excited for you guys to listen to this episode and learn some cool things about an ethical breeder. All right, so let's just get into it. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Happy Hamster Corner. I'm your host Holly and I have on today my first ethical breeder to share some information about breeding hamsters for you guys out there in the hamster community. I am so sorry if I butcher your name, (laughs) but I have on Cosmonts, Cosmontans, oh my gosh, Cosmontans. Cosmonontans Hamstery. Thank you so, so much for coming on. And do you want to say hi to everyone in the community? Hello, I'm Vera from Cosmonontans. <laughs> yes, that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what she says. Okay, yeah, so I just kind of have some questions for you. So how long have you been breeding hamsters for? So I got my first litter back in April 2018. But it wasn't meant to happen. Like many hamster owners, it started with hamsters from a pet store. And at this time, I had two hybrid dwarfs from a pet store, one male and one female. Mm -hmm. And the female escaped into my male's cage. And you can guess what happened. Oh my gosh. And that's pretty much how it all started three years ago. Of course, I didn't keep on breathing with hybrids, you know, but... That was like the beginning for the hamstery. Oh, okay. So side note question. Did you have hamsters leading up to that? Like were those your first hamsters that you had? No, uh, I've had hamsters for like 10 years, but I've always had males before. So this is my first female. And yeah. Oh, okay. So I guess like it started there because when they got a litter, I had to research about breeding, about everything, because I was I, I didn't know, but I suspected I was expecting a litter. So, you know, I had to know what I was dealing with. Yeah, definitely. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine going through that. Like, I no, would be like, so scared. <laughs> yeah, since it was hybrids as well. You don't know. You don't have a pedigree. They can be, like, really sick. They can carry genes. You you mm-hmm. don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Okay, so what is the process to ethically breed hamsters? So, like, from the beginning, 
to the end. So what is the process of breeding hamsters look like? Let's start with the word ethical. According to vocabulary.com, it is someone who is honest and follows good moral standards. And I believe that the word ethical might be more or less different for everybody. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But for me personally, as an ethical hamster breeder, it means doing your research about a species, genetics, nutritional needs, what enclosure you should provide to match the hamster's needs before you breed. So you will be as prepared as possible and knowledgeable. I have written down like mm-hmm. all the steps that I'm going to go through. I okay, probably, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I probably forgot something, but I would say this is like the short version of the process. Okay. Yeah. So like I said before, do your research about it all. Color, health issues, pregnancy, rules for breeding in your country. Maybe join a hamster association where you'll be able to register. Register. <laughs> I, I don't have English as my first language, so. That's okay. You're doing great. Me pronouncing things. <laughs> able to register future pups and find other breeders you can take help from. Make a plan and put up a goal. You should always have a goal with a litter and always try to, you know, improve the species. If you can't contribute with anything good for the species, you you shouldn't breed. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to choosing a suitable hamster for your breeding, you want to get in contact with experienced breeders who can provide kind and healthy hamsters who follows the standard, have a proven history of ancestors a.k.a. a pedigree. When you have a hamster you plan to breed with, you want to evaluate the hamster until it's ready for a litter. You want to make sure the hamster reach up to your standard, meaning it's healthy, has good temper, and, you know, looks good overall. And when planning and okay. taking a litter, you need to be prepared and enough knowledgeable. For example, if the pregnant female having trouble giving birth because a pup is stuck, do you know what to do? Or when a litter is born and some pups die randomly is it naturally or is it because of of a defect that is you know hereditary will you only sell the surviving siblings for company or will they be used in breeding you need to make smart and honest decisions and you also need to be able to fix a correct pedigree for each pup and therefore parents need to have a pedigree at least four to five generations and the pedigrees are more important when it comes to Campbell dwarf hamsters and winter white dwarf hamsters, since these two are pretty similar genetically and can get offsprings called hybrids, which are not good in any type of way. And if you have a pedigree with uh, many generations, you'll hopefully be able to see if there's a winter white and a Campbell's pedigree, for example. And when pups are in the right age to be handled, you work with them as often as you can. Diabetes test them if the species are known to develop diabetes and find good homes for them when they're at a good age to move. I would say five to six weeks of age and who they'll move to is up to you. I would say as an ethical breeder, you don't just sell to anyone. You need to be sure that hamster pup will move to a great home, to a person you can keep in contact with um, and who you will always be able to help with questions or if difficult situations occur. 
And lastly, you want to have good knowledge about what enclosure, food and care the hamsters need. Not only provide a minimum, just because you're a breeder. Keep the amount of hamsters that you'll be able to provide everything it needs to be happy. And yes, I understand the space for a breeder is limited. I know it myself. These are living animals and they can't just live unhappily in a bare minimum cage just because you don't have enough space as a breeder. And I also think you should be a good role model role model for buyers, audience and other breeders as an ethical breeder. I probably forgot something, but I would say this is a part of breeding ethically. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> no, thank you so much for sharing that. Like, I would have no idea that all of that goes into ethically breeding hamsters, like the pedigree. There's so much more that goes into just that process than people really do understand or realize for sure it's a lot really do you mind just defining that term pedigree what is that specifically pedigree it's like it can be on the internet or it can be you can like have it on paper a pedigree is proven history of ancestors you can see the parents you can see the parents grandparents and you can see their names you can see when they're born color I guess it's... It's like a family tree for... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it also depends which country uh, you buy a hamster from. In Sweden, we have uh, the name of the hamster. We have the color of the hamsters. And you can also see when the hamster is born. And I am... uh, What do you call? I'm a member of a hamster association. And Mm -hmm. in this association, you can actually go in to the pedigree online and you can like click on the hamsters ancestors uh, names and you can see when it was born how many siblings if it has any offsprings just like a lot of information yeah like a, a family tree oh okay that's really cool and do you have to be a part of the association in order to have access to that you can make a family tree or pedigree yourself but I would say it's more it would look more serious if you are in a hamster association and make a pedigree in this association so it's correct Um, I guess you can do it your own but you you need to know it's it's correct info you know yeah definitely yeah no that's important to know so what is your favorite part and your least favorite part of ethically breeding hamsters? There's so many things I love about being a breeder and as a hamster-interested person. I love Mm -hmm. when my plants go through with a litter, when a female handles the pregnancy perfectly and have healthy, beautiful babies that grows up to be a better version of the parents. You know, better color, better fur, and size, for example. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I also love when people who buy hamsters for me get super happy with their new little family member. And I also love to Mm. be a part of the hamster community, even though it can be really toxic. But it has made me to a better version of myself and as a breeder. And I also have made great friends all over the world thanks to this community, mostly internet, but also on hamster shows. But when it comes to my least favorite part, it must be setbacks, especially when it affects my motivation to keep on going. My breeding have had many, many setbacks, 
There's a couple mm-hmm. of times I've towelled myself <laughs> and put the hamster on a break. Setbacks could be when a hamster I find awesome in every way develop diabetes or when a litter shows positive for diabetes when I test them as babies. Oh. Or when a pups pass away because of the mother not having enough milk or they pass away because of a defect. Because hamsters yeah. and their genetics have their own plans. So I try to not have too much plans or high expectations because, you know, they can change in a second, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. And it's got to be the positives outweighing the the cons or the yeah. negatives in that situation, for sure. Yeah. It's really important to, as a breeder, keep the motivation going because as a breeder, you will have many, many setbacks. I don't think people understand that. I, like I said before, I've only been breeding for like three years and I've had so many setbacks. But, you know, it's the things I love that keeps me going. Like having pups that are healthy mm-hmm. and family buys hamsters for me and they get super happy and maybe come back to me to buy another one I think that's the things that make me like keep on going yeah it's definitely understandable and like they're so cute too yeah (laughs) so I could see that too but what is the main difference you've noticed between like ethically breeding and non-ethical breeding so let's start with the non-ethical breeders okay I see unethical hamster breeders as the persons who sell their hamsters to pet stores, persons who lack lots of knowledge and doesn't take time or even care about doing research, and those who go by quantity instead of quality. Yeah. And when buying from one, you probably won't get any support or help in any kind of way. No guidance, how to provide the best and most suitable care for the hamster. And the chance of getting a sick or aggressive hamster is higher. It's like a lottery. Some hamsters are super sweet, some aggressive. Some hamsters die in like four weeks, others live until like three years of age. Oh, wow. Yeah, mostly they all have health issues, which means a lot of discomfort for the hamster and many vet costs for the owner. Of course, some unethical breeders are super kind and supportive but lacks knowledge and breeds with hybrids. Me personally would even say that a breeder who breeds pure species, have pedigrees, will support and help buyers, diabetes tested dwarfs before mating and before moving, but have too many hamsters to care for. Maybe like a mass production is an unethical Mm -hmm. breeder, if you ask me. But I might be too strict when it comes to the who's ethical and who's not but I would say that's unethical no I can agree with you there because they're breeding beyond their means of what they can handle yeah so I mean that's just kind of irresponsible in my opinion yeah it's like you put quantity instead of quality you want to have you want to have as many hamsters as possible to just sell to families all the time and not really care about yeah do you even care about them correctly no it doesn't sit right with me having too many hamsters to care for. Yeah. And ethical breeders help and support their buyers if they have time, of course. They don't just sell to anyone. They go through all the steps. Have you had experience with hamsters before? What cage will the hamster live in? What food will you provide? And generally, 
what kind of life can you provide a hamster? And the hamster's health and temper is generally much better from an ethical reader. Mm-hmm. Of course, some get sick, maybe some have issues with temper, but in most cases, you will have an already tame and healthy hamster when buying from an ethical breeder. But I would say the main difference I see when I look through internet is health issues. Many people have so many health issues with their hamsters from buying from an unethical breeder, from buying from a pet store. So that's, that's really sad, actually. Mostly for the hamster, because, you know, just breeding and not thinking about health or genetics, it can really... Like you you breed hamsters, pups are suffering. Like breeding hybrids, breeding a winter white and breeding a campbell, at least in the first generation, their backs will be... I don't know the right word for it, but it will not be right. Because they, they have different bone structure, so... They will just be in pain all the time. And I don't know how you could do that as a breeder. How you could... You just want want money. You want quantity. You want money. You don't think about the animal's health or anything. Yeah. Or the well-being of that animal's life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And I do appreciate you giving your expertise on that too. But yeah, my next question... I've always wondered this whenever I see any type of breeder on like within the hamster community and they Mm. have litter names and for each litter that they have. And so like, how do you pick your litter names and why? Why is that a thing that you guys do? Um, I love to have fun and unique names name themes for my litters. Most breeders go, go by the alphabet. First letter they have, they their first letter is A. Next letter, they all start on the letter B, and so on. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think it is a good way to keep track on the letters, but I kind of find it boring, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I firstly decide litter themes depending on how many there is in the litter, and then what season it is, or what names the parents have. Sometimes my friends help me out as well, and also... I take help from my imagination. I take a lot of inspo from all my surroundings. And I actually have some examples. I was obsessed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was obsessed with this game, Dragon Whale. Do you know what that is? Uh, no, I've never heard of that. It's like you take care of uh, dragons. You have like different words, worlds, and you have dragons that live there. <laughs> so, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I was obsessed with this game. During the time, I got a pretty big litter of 10. So they all were named after dragons in the game. (laughs) Another litter I had was named after fish because the mother's name was Rain. And Rain is water and fish live in water. So the name of the litter was fish names. (laughs) So I would say I pick litter names and themes just because it's fun and kind of keep track on which hamsters are related to each other. And uh, where the theme comes from can be anywhere. You just need to have imagination and think think outside the box. Huh, that is cool. Do you have a favorite litter name that you've done over the years? I really love my fish litter. Their name was Lovar, Stingray, Amberyak, and moon eye i really <laughs> love that litter <laughs> oh that's so cool how fun like that's such an interesting thing that is 
just known in the breeding community. You just come up with whatever yeah. name for it. That's really cool. But I think most breeders, like big breeders who have litters often, they go after the alphabet. First litter, they all start on the letter A, next B, and C. And I think they do that to keep on track on which one are related to each other. And when they reach the final letter in the alphabet, they restart. I mean, I think it is a good way to keep track on the letters, but... Like I said, I think it's kind of boring and I have so many others, I, other ideas to... I don't know what, to, what I'm saying. <laughs> I have so many other themes or, yeah, whatever to have on the litter. So I don't think I could go by the alphabet, actually. No, I get that for sure. I could see you, like, somebody maybe starting with the alphabet and then after a while, if it gets boring for them, just try yeah. something different, you know, or have something that, like you said, that one that mom's name was Rain. So yeah. then it's, it kind of inspires you to have a different name yeah. for the litter. So I could I could definitely see that for sure. And actually, Rain's mother, her name was Weather Girl. So her litter, her babies was born... They were named after, like, different weather, or what do you call it? So we had rain, thunder, foggy, you know. So. Oh, yeah, different different weather patterns. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so cool. So it's really fun to come up with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Yeah, and now we're, we're, like, in the spooky season, and I love Halloween. So when I have mm -hmm. litters this time of the year i like to have like sp spooky names i can take uh, names from like a spooky movie or i think i'm the next litter i plan i will have pumpkin names because the mother's name is plumpkin so oh that'd be cool yeah yeah when are you going to do your next breed i have a litter right now three were born and the theme of the litter was Spiderwick. Because I find that movie kind of scary or what you want to call it. Yeah. And next litter I plan, I don't actually know, maybe in a month, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. So is there anything else you want to add? Do you want to share that story? Yeah. This story was a couple of years ago. I don't know if this will make the listeners... Like, if you plan on breeding, it could be good to hear this because many think breeding is like always rainbows and sunshine and people don't actually think things can go wrong when breeding with hamsters. Yeah. So I can read it. I came home late one day, the same day my second litter of Campbell's was supposed to be born. I was excited, but that quickly took a turn. I came home to a cage with dead newborn hamsters laying all over the cage. My female had given birth to nine pups and only four survived. The ones who passed away sadly had defects. They were born without their anus and urethra. How I found this out was when I had to look through the dead pups. It was a little hard to do, but as a breeder, I need to know what had happened. Be being a breeder isn't always the best time ever, and... You always need to be prepared for the worst. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine that. Yeah, it was, it was really disgusting. But you need you kind of need to count that in as a breeder. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's definitely hard because, like you said, some people think, oh, you know, all they see is the cute, the cute little pups, and they're like, oh yeah, that you know, that's how it's like, and you know, you don't have to worry about any of the other stuff. But there's a whole other side of things that people don't realize when it comes to being a breeder. So I. I really do appreciate you sharing that story and for sharing all of this information for everybody out there in the hamster community and yeah, taking the time to talk with me and and share all of this cuz that's good information and I'm excited to share your your story and your information as well with everyone out there. Thank you. It's really fun to share this. I don't know. I don't, I think most breeders kind of hide when things go wrong, they don't publish it for the mm-hmm. for the people. And I think that could be a reason because when people start to breed and things go wrong, they kind of get upset or they lose motivation directly. Yeah. And I think it could be because of these big breeders not sharing the truth or not really sharing what's going on behind the scenes and I think it's really important to do that because you need to know that everyone who plans on being a breeder or planning on a leader they need to be aware of these things because like I said it it all it isn't always the best time ever yeah no that's definitely good information and even goes with hamster care too just you think oh yeah sometimes it's all sunshine and rainbows and but you know sometimes you have to take your hamster to the vet unexpectedly or you know something happens you gotta you gotta be prepared for for anything when it comes to caring for animals yeah exactly but I just want to say thank you again for coming on and sharing this information and it's It's been really cool to hear this side of the hamster community. You're the first breeder that I've had on. So thank you for answering my little questions on the fly there. I get curious about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think like being ethical breeder is mostly more popular in Europe. So I can really imagine people outside Europe having questions, not knowing what's going on. But thank you for inviting me. It's been really fun to share all of my stories and answers even though I I guess I have forgotten something but I think I have shared like the most important stuff I guess yeah and if there's anything you want to have me add in the notes later on if you think of something just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram and I can always include that in there as well but yeah thank you so much I really really do appreciate this and I know it's gonna the information's going to help people out there as well. And I wish you luck with your your current litter right now and your future litters as well. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I know I came across your page um, quite a long time ago. I, yeah, it's been quite a while, but and I was just like, oh my gosh, your hamsters are just so cute. (laughs) I just, oh my gosh. And you know, you're located in a different country so sometimes it's like dang it like I wish I could get a hamster from you but it's oh, a little I, a little too far <laughs> I, I totally understand that people contact me like from Italy from Spain and be like oh can you send me some hamsters I'm like no I don't think I can do that sorry <laughs> it's yeah. kind of sad I, I would I would love to send hamsters to you know USA Spain 
Italy, everywhere to just show what a, and what an ethically bred hamsters is like, you know? Yeah, definitely. I know that's one of the, the downfalls, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so, so much for coming on and talking to the hamster community about what goes into breeding hamsters and the ups and downs that it can bring. Thank you so, so much for sharing your information, your insight, and your expertise. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you guys out there in the hamster community also appreciate Cosmonauten's hamsteries insight on how they ethically breed hamsters. Yeah, so we are going to now do Holly's hamster tip of the week. This week is... Don't be afraid to reach out to an expert if you have an accidental hamster pregnancy. I truly hope that this does not happen to any of you out there in the hamster community. Personally, I have not dealt with this. However, we all know that things happen and just like Linka, for instance, was from an accidental litter, it can happen. So don't be afraid to reach out to an expert if this situation ever happens to you. Yeah, so next week I will continue writing collaborations. So look forward to those. So like I said before, this podcast is not just a platform for me to share my experiences and share my advice with you guys, but also a space for you guys to share your stories, your tips, your experiences with others out there in the hamster community. So if you do want to share anything with the hamster community, whether that be just a simple tip or want to come on and share some of your stories, experiences, go ahead and send me a message on Petra the hamster on Instagram. I love hearing from you guys and it would be awesome to share your guys' stories and your tips and tricks because spreading the word on proper hamster care is one of the best things that we can do and we're all learning and growing in this environment. So yeah, if you're interested, go ahead and send me a message. Another thing is I have the Happy Hamster Corner merch available for sale if you guys are interested in a water bottle or a mug that has the Happy Hamster Corner logo on it. Send me a message if you're interested in that. Also, I release new episodes every single Friday. So always look forward to new episodes of the Happy Hamster Corner. And if you haven't already, go ahead and rate and review and like, subscribe, all that jazz to the podcast. I love hearing your guys' feedback on this podcast so if you could rate it and review it that would be awesome thank you so so much for listening to another episode of the happy hamster corner and if you enjoy this podcast go ahead and share it with a friend in the hamster community spread the word on proper hamster care you guys are so awesome out there and another thing is i have episode 50 coming up which that is going to be a special episode with Debbie from Hamsters for Humanity. She interviews me in this episode. 
and it's kind of a behind the mic feature on a little bit more about me and what goes into creating this podcast for you guys out there in the community. So look forward to that episode and I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and week and I will see you all next Friday for another episode. But first... And of course, as always, have a happy one, guys. And thank you so much again, Cosmonauntants. I really need to stop saying your name because I'm probably butchering it. That was weird. (laughs) My phone just played the sound effect on its own. That's really strange. Okay.